Pickaxe. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for dropping into the cast party. Join the cast and crew as they are shunted from their Hollywood film set into the crazy world of Dungeons and Dragons. And action! Woohoo! I love roller coasters! Uh, I hate roller coasters! Wait, you hate roller coasters? I thought you loved thrills! I do! Just not roller coasters! I had a bad experience! I'm surprised you don't remember! Why would I remember? We just started hanging out outside of work like a month ago! No, you were definitely there! We went to that mouse's theme park! You yarfed on me in Space Mountain! Uh, no, that wasn't me! I I've never been to- Wait, did you say the mouse's theme park? Do you mean- No, it had to be you! We were in line and you told me about when you were that in that Spider-Man movie! That wasn't you? Tom Holland threw up on you on Space Mountain? Well, if it wasn't you, then I guess it might have... Oh, whoa, Jet's ass coming in hot! Oh, God, tuck and roll, tuck and roll! We are officially less than 20 patrons away from seeing Jet throw on some incredibly short shorts and filming a D&D-themed workout series called Sweat with Jet. Sweat with Jet is the perfect way to stay in shape from the comfort of your own home. I mean, not really. We're not licensed physical trainers. We're just here to have some fun and make some goofy videos. But like, there'll still be some decent workouts if you want to do them. So head on over to patreon.com slash cast party to become an official part of our cast and crew. Ad-free episodes, exclusive behind-the-scenes info, hilarious monthly one-shots, and so much more. While you're at it, join our community Discord, home of the greatest community this side of the TTRPG world. Over on our Discord, we host live listening parties with all of us for every single cast party episode, community-driven game nights, live streams, hangouts, and so much more. Patreon.com slash cast party. We hope to see you there. Thank you all so much for listening. Enjoy the episode, cast and crew. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Cast Party. My name is Colin McManuson. I will be your director for today. I am joined by my targeted cast and crew, Ryan McManus. Hi, Sebastian Vivaldi Greensleeves, an emo and heart musician who does indeed believe in ghosts, especially after just seeing one in real life. But really, 
He is just haunted by the thoughts of his past relationships. Oh my god. Jesus. Wait, how many, how many relationships? Yeah, how many relationships? <laughs> Probably like two. Oh, <laughs> sweet boy. Anna Brisbane. Blueberry Sky, elven druid actress who has fully believed in ghosts since she filmed a massively successful horror movie at 17 called Screams in the Attic, which was filmed on site in an old Victorian home and while filming a ghost film with many night shoots, she had a handful of sightings of a ghost orb in the attic, which was paired with a sudden chill in the air, but no one else on set saw it or felt it. But she looked into it and she learned that someone did die in the upstairs bedroom in the late 1800s. And the best shot of the film happened when her character was meant to be terrified by a jump scare of a ghost appearing. But she saw suddenly a fully formed, real ghost face of a woman pop up in front of her with a gust of cold wind unrelated to the shoot. So she had a genuinely terrified scream that was used in the final cut and won her a Teen Choice Award. Damn. Let's go. Did she get slimed? That's Kids' Choice Awards. <laughs> oh, damn it, sorry. Title <laughs> <laughs> Deacon. Where's the salami? Xander Gucci Supreme, who, and this probably comes as a surprise to no one, has not been to a doctor since he was 16. He does, however, regularly go to the dentist because dental health is very important, and unless you're me, you only get one set of teeth. <laughs> True, Nigel do have lots of teeth. Vince Perino. Jet the Boulder Chambers, big burly heartthrob who back when he was nine years old, he had a really bad experience at a McDonald's. There was an actual like Ronald McDonald guy that came in and he just kind of spooked him. He came behind him and tapped him on the shoulder and Jet turned around and was like, holy shit. Forever and to this day, he is afraid of McDonald's and Ronald McDonald and he will not walk into any McDonald's facility. The only way that he'd feel better about it is when he would go home, he would go online and look up Session Zero where he would buy some new clothing and just look nice and fresh. And then he would look up his favorite podcast, Cast Party. That is C-A-S-T-P-A-R-T-Y, Cast Party. And then he would get a nice, Ryan, what's the discount? 10%. 10% discount. <laughs> <laughs> so look up Session Zero and get some nice clothing. I'm wearing a nice tank right now from them. It's very comfy. 10% off. Have fun. Enjoy. Let's talk about what happened last time. You guys headed into the hollows after Blueberry told you all there was one humanoid inside the mountain. The first room you entered had children's toys strewn about, as well as a stone block snowman playing with a train. While trying to play with it, it attacked Xander and tripped into him. Not knowing what to do, Xander cast Toll the Dead, and the snowman fell apart instantly, revealing a blue floating orb of light that darted deeper into the caverns. With the blocks now free, you put them into their respective slots in the wall and brought down the barrier of light. You continued on into another room much larger than the first with a farmhouse and four statues. As you approached the blue light, dashed into an archer and started shooting arrows at you. It jumped from statue to statue. You battled the stone beings and quickly determined it was easier to hit the statues when they were still. Sebastian kicked one off the roof of the farmhouse. Jet subdued one with his neurotoxic net and smashed it to pieces. The others were dealt with quickly by Eldritch Blast and a shatter from the bard statue with the last one being chewed apart by a dinosaur blueberry. The light stayed floating in the air once again. This time it split into eight different balls of light that went through another bright barrier of light that fell 
revealing eight pathways forward. You each chose a pathway that led to a challenge of sorts. Blueberry, a field of sharp stalactites, Jet, a stone wall, Xander, a balance beam, and Sebastian, a floating brain monster. You quickly dealt with your challenges and ended up in a circular rut where you all rejoined and climbed up to find another small house and a man doing his chores very repetitively. Blueberry as an ice spider now revealed a small model airship on the table that seemed to distract the man. As he sat down and started putting the pieces together, the orb flew out of the man, down the nearby well where you all followed, down a fast slide, and ended up in a circular room with a stone ballista ahead of you, slowly turning towards you. Now the ballista is cranking its way clockwise and being loaded by a stone figure behind it with blue eyes. And so the scene is set. The question is... Would you kindly roll initiative? Oh my god, God. okay. Uh, That is a 22 for me. Six for Jet. 16 for Xander. Natural one for three. Sebastian, so you are first. The area around you is massive and circular. The walls are much smoother here than previously in the caverns you've been in. They're covered in all different types of plant life and critters. It feels much more lively down here. It is much more wet and damp as well. You can hear dripping from different areas of this cavern. Ahead in the center of this circle is the ballista. If you remember, it's got these two like large shields in front of it where you can barely see the man through like a small slit in front of it. And you are up first. This thing is about 65 feet ahead of you. You know what? Now's a good time to try my new spell I swapped out. I'm gonna move up five feet to the north and then 10 feet northwest. And I'm gonna cast Nathair's Mischief. I fill a 20 foot cube that I can see within range with Fey and Draconic Magic. Ooh. Roll on the mischievous surge table to determine the magical effect produced <laughs> and roll again at the start of each of your turns until the spell ends. You can move the cube up to 10 feet before you roll. So I would like to just drop the cube right on the center of my guy. I will roll a d4. That's a two. So number two is a bouquet of flowers appear all around the 20 foot cube. Each creature in the cube must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or be blinded until the start of your next turn as the flowers spray water in their faces. What? (laughs) Oh my God, please. First roll of mine is a natural one. I'll look to everyone else. Be careful going in. Uh, I just wanted everyone to kind of be safe when we're all gathering our composure. Let me know and I'll just, I'll get rid of that. Xander, it is your turn. TBH, you can probably just leave that there. I'm gonna move 20 feet to the northeast and I'm gonna just throw out a quick little Hunger of Hadar right on top of that. Holy crap, Oh Oh my God. What size is Hunger of Hadar? 20 foot radius. (laughs) Just massive. They're blind in there from both your thing and its magical darkness. So, like, I don't think we can see in there either. 
So does it take any damage on this turn or is it at the start and end of its turns? Any creature that starts its turn takes 2d6 cold damage. Any creature that ends its turn takes 2d6 acid damage. Go ahead and roll me your 2d6 damage at the start of its turn. That's 11 damage, 11 cold damage. You can hear around the slurping and the disgusting noises coming from the hunger of Hadar that the cranking has stopped. Blueberry and Jet, you guys have not quite gotten up and moved. I need dexterity saving throws, please. Ooh, what? I got a five. 19. Jet, you pass. You're able to get out of the way as a large stone spear just goes right by you. And Blueberry, you're taking 22 piercing damage. Oh, oh, oh boy. Xander, this thing automatically fails dexterity saving throws. Nice. So roll your 2d6 damage for the acid damage from Hunger of Hadar. That's 10 acid damage. Damn, boy. Going good. Killing these d6s. So Jet, you are up, and Blueberry, you're on deck. We're just going to run northeast, stand right in front of Xander, just kind of hunker down, try to protect him a little bit. I don't want to go on the Slurpees. Dodge. Dodge would be the good. The Slurpees. Dodge, and you'll get disadvantage on attack from attacks from them, and you'll get advantage on deck saves, which I guess you already have. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you to roll me a stealth check, please. 16, holy shit. Wow. Dang, boy. Blueberry, your turn. Stealth? Where could he be hiding? Oh, because he can't <laughs> see where to shoot. Okay, I'm a, I'm a stealth in the direction of Xander as well. I'm basically going to go 30 feet northeast, just quietly. And I'm going to go prone on the ground. Give me stealth with an advantage. That's 14. Sebastian. I'm going to go 10 feet more to the northwest, just kind of circling the western side of this circle cave while everyone else goes east. And seeing Blueberry lie down, I'm going to do the same thing. And then I will roll my d4 just to switch it up, see what happens. Oh, that's another two. So it's still getting sprayed. I am just prone on the ground with my hands on my chin, just watching the the chaos. Oh, are you too. doing elbows? Yeah. Elbows on the <laughs> floor, like head resting on my my hands and just kind just of wiggle your kicking feet. your legs behind Kick you. Your feet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm like th I'm hearing the just death in the slurping. Like, I wonder if I can use this as like a sample for the next song. <laughs> <laughs> and the spraying of water. Changing the thing isn't really an action. I guess I will also take the dodge action. All right, Sebastian, I'm going to ask for a stealth check from you as well. Oh, 23. Xander, you're up. You're the only one that can see the ballista inside the hunger of Hadar. You can see through this magical darkness. It is currently still reloading from the shot that it hit Blueberry with. I don't know. I might just take dodge too, because like... We just got to wait for this thing to die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I'm in I'm in Jet's aura. There's a giant spider behind me. Uh, I'll just like chill. I'm taking a dodge action. Do your 2d6 damage. Okay. Seven damage. Cold. It is time for me to do a perception check. See if it was able to hear 
any of you moving around. Xander, you see this thing starts cranking counterclockwise and pointing pretty close. Jet, Xander, and Blueberry, I need dexterity saving throws. Okay, 18. I got a 16. And I got a 22. That's a nat 20, boy. That's a nat 20. 20. Did Xander get bonus from the aura? Oh, 18. 18 passes. Let's go! (laughs) That's just enough. Jet has Charlotte's protection up and you can actually see the stone arrow is coming right at Xander, but you're able to just lift the shield up, not enough to catch the whole thing, but almost it glances off of it and bounces over you and shatters into the wall. Xander, roll me two more d6. 11 damage. Oh my god. Oh my god, man. It looks like the stone is just being eroded and eaten away. Jet, you're up. Uh, I'm just going to stay hunkered down since I uh, helped... Xander out a little bit already. I'll, I'll just try to protect him and, and uh, Blue a little bit more. Blueberry, you're up. I'm going to scuttle 30 feet towards it, northwest. I know it hasn't moved, so even though I can't see it, I'm going to attempt to spray web towards it. I mean, it's a big mix of advantage and disadvantage of it being blind and it being in darkness and I can't see it, so it would straight roll or disadvantage? No, just straight roll. 14. That doesn't hit. Alas. Sebastian, that is your turn. I'm going to continue my travels northwest along the outside. Seeing Blueberry come a little closer, I want to make sure she has like room so we're not all clumped together. And I'm kind of just crocodile rolling on the floor. And when I get to my spot, I'm a little too bored, just kind of waiting it out and saying... Blinded by the slurps, and then just shoot a fireball in the center. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, shit. <laughs> Roll your damage. 24 fire damage. Xander, you can tell that one of these shields just blasted off the front. Another part of the cranking mechanism looks like it's barely holding on. Oh, roll your d4. Oh, you're right. See if anything else interesting happens. Four. Oh, this one, I guess, doesn't matter too much. I was just reading it. Drops of molasses start dropping from the top of the ceiling of the cave and make the cube difficult terrain until the start of my next turn. <laughs> <laughs> For something that can't move. <laughs> just some more goopy sound effects. Oh, now it's sticky tentacles. Yeah, it Ooh, is. Oh. Now that I can see that things are really starting to, to fall to pieces in there, I'm going to use Jet's shoulders to steady my aim and fire off some Eldritch Blasts. The first one misses. The second one oh, oh, buddy. is another... Te- what the fuck? <laughs> Jet, stop moving. Damn it. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm nervous. That is this thing's turn. Roll me 2d6. Six. Oh. You can see it's starting to freeze up but you just shot at it, and it heard this, and it's already aimed right at you. Chet and Xander again. I need deck saves. You both have advantage. 19 for Jet. 19 for me also. Xander, you pass. Jet, you pass. Xander, just at that moment, you can see one of these big tentacles comes and slaps it. Nine acid damage part of the mechanism breaks off that's turning this big platform 
It's starting to slowly eat away at the joints where this stone was held together. The other shield falls off. It looks like it's trying to load another one of these stone arrows, and it just falls to the ground. Xander, you can see that the blue ball of energy stays in the air as the rest of the stones fall around it. And then it dashes once again through the glowing wall at the other end. There it goes. That light glowing wall breaks as the orb flies through it. Did, did we do it? Is it done? Ooh. Oh, it's done. I drop Hunger of Hadar. Thank God. Everyone okay? <sighs> we're, we're good over here. You guys okay over there? I'm okay. Blueberry, are you sure you're okay? I'm just a bruised spider, but underneath I'm fine. <laughs> do you need some help? I should be okay. All right, just let let us know if you if you need some help there. Let's go get this ghost. How many more times are we gonna have to deal with this ghost before he just gives up? I'm sick of it. What if this is like a game to him? It's it's the way the ghost is having fun. It's like it's a child. Or is is he like protecting something? Why would he have this much set up to stop us from getting deeper into this cave? Wait, Jet, you just said what if it's a child? What if this is like? What if this is Fox? Why why would Fox want to hurt us? I, I don't think I don't think they, they want to hurt us. I think like they're just playing. They've been down here for too long. And these are just games. They're like making these stone creatures to just kinda have a little fun with? Chores are not a fun game. I mean we could maybe try to reason with it like it's a child. I don't I don't know. I mean if it is, what what do we do? We probably just got to keep playing these games till they're done. Like, yeah. Well, let's let's go on then. We get we gotta get this over with. Yeah. We venture forth. Ahead, there's another tunnel. Xander and Blueberry, you definitely see more than what Jet and Sebastian can see. They can only see a good 10, 20 feet in front of them, but you can see quite farther, especially you, Xander. This tunnel flattens out. It is very long, and it's very similar. Kind of no matter how far you walk. Everything looks very much the same. But especially Xander. Ahead, you can see that there is like a gray mist on the ground. It's nothing like too thick. You can see right through it right now. It's just like a light fog on an early spring morning. Does this look um, familiar to you and to anyone else? Like, I feel like we're not getting anywhere. Familiar. Like we're walking around in a circle? Slash, this hallway is never ending. To let you guys know, there's a there's a bit of fog on the ground up there. I don't know what that's about, but be on guard, because fog is spooky. You see, like, a source to it or anything, or is it just there? I think it's just there. So, definitely not natural. Also, how would fog get into a cave? Yeah, that's, that's got me worried. I'm gonna creep forward to the fog stealthily. One thing you notice is, like, it's got that very fog machine at a haunted house where it sticks very low to the ground. <laughs> it almost looks like it won't go up above a certain point. Um, poke my spider face into it and breathe. And you breathe. It's safe. For spiders, at least. That's gotta mean humans, right? Yeah, like, we probably shared, like, 70% of our DNA with a spider, too. If we share 70% with bananas and, like, 90% with monkeys, like, we gotta have pretty high percentage with spiders. Somewhere close. Scuttling in. 
Walking forward, you see that the life that you recently saw slowly dissipates. This cave is more filled with detritus and what is left of plant life. Decaying mushrooms, moss sliding off the walls as its roots no longer hold deep into the rock. There's not a spider or an ant in sight. The fog slowly gets thicker, but never higher than waist height. As you're walking, the fog moves ever so slightly back and forth. As you're walking, it is quiet, rhythmic sounds of footsteps beneath you. You start seeing the fog puffs upward into the tunnel, just a foot or so, in different shapes. Nothing concrete, no real shapes. It's more like watching clouds and trying to decide what they look like. But you're all starting to see different things that provoke memories from deep within. Sebastian, you see a guitar in one of these puffs. But it's not the one you have on you. No, but it brings you back to a time when you were 10, maybe 11. Your parents refused to purchase you a guitar. You were to focus on piano and music theory and not something silly like guitar. It wasn't musical enough. They didn't want you just playing music to look cool. It was an art. It was their life. But it was what you wanted more than anything. You had already been listening to Paramore, Blink-182, Fall Out Boy, Green Day, My Chemical Romance. All these bands had already started influencing your clothing. Your hair is longer than ever despite your mother's pleas for you to get it cut. Your nails were painted despite the backlash from your teachers and the bullies at school. And you were ready. You were just ready. You were going to make it happen. You didn't eat lunch for a week. You saved up that crisp $20 bill that your parents gave you so you could eat. You found the cheapest guitar you could find on Craigslist. A father bought it for his daughter, but she wouldn't practice, so he just wants it out. Picked it up that day. A small guitar, but it was perfect for your frame. The father even laughed at you when you bought it. It was a small acoustic guitar with daisies painted on it. You took that guitar home, hid it from your family. You played only when you knew your parents weren't there, and you got better and better. For months, you learned how to play chords, finger pick, and hit those sick power chords like all your heroes do. But one day, you didn't hear your dad get home. He came home a little earlier than expected, and you quickly, quietly tried to hide the guitar, but you were sure he heard you practicing. Suddenly, you heard a on your door. Startled, you didn't know what to say. You sat there terrified. But all that came was a small book sliding under your door. Then you heard footsteps going back down the stairs and you were alone. You walked over to the book. It was a book titled 101 Ways to Play Guitar the Right Way. You opened the front page and it had a note written on the front cover. You aren't good at hiding things, but you are good at playing. Never forget your lessons. Never forget us. We love you. Mom and Dad. And stuck into that book was a piece of paper that had handwritten tabs for guitar in your dad's handwriting. The top of the page? Welcome to the Black Parade. You have more memories. The rest flash much quicker. Your parents bring you to a local guitar shop to get your first electric guitar, 
but after all these years of using an acoustic, it didn't feel quite right. So you ended up with an acoustic electric. You named it Daisy. You remember your first show where people were there. People were watching you. This wasn't a bar. This wasn't people who were there to drink and you just happened to be playing at the place they got food. These people were there for the music. Your drummer came in right on time, but you just couldn't. It was overwhelming. There were people there to see you. Frightened, you jumped in halfway through the first verse, but the rest of the show sticks in your mind. You remember this journey, get stoked, black tie optional, applying for music school and getting in and immediately abandoning that for better things. You had a movie to work on. You remember Big G, meeting the cast, meeting the crew, getting teleported to Fendrea. You remember your first dream you had. The rune for your new tattoo. Bowling at the drunken ox. Plugging Daisy into Brad, the loudest amp you have ever had. You remember the man playing the piano and speaking to you in your most recent dream. That piercing stare. Finally kicking a stone statue off of a stone building. And ahead, the fog seems to lessen. Jet. You see the fog rise up. Parts like a curtain. A hospital curtain. A nurse comes in to check your mother's vitals as they do every hour. It always happens to be at 42 minutes, 1.42, 2.42. They have it down to a science. Your phone pings from across the room, but you ignore it. You sit waiting patiently, your mother dozing off in the bed beside you. It's quiet. Only the cheers from the game show channel on the TV for whenever your mother wakes up. It's oddly quiet. Especially for there to be three people in this room. You sit quietly next to your mother as your father peers out the window. Every once in a while, he will comment on how long everything is taking. Other than that, silence. Another hour goes by in an instant. 3.42, the woman comes in to check the vitals. This time, your mother stirs awake, her eyes open just enough to get a good look at the nurse, and she says... Thank you, dear. And a moment later, she looks at you. Mello, can you turn the TV up? With no hesitation, you do so. Volume up a few more notches. Crazy loud at this point. Thank you. I love you. And immediately dozes back off. Hours go by. At 9.30 p.m. that night, the doctor who performed the test took you and your father into another room. You remember her telling you the bad news. You see one word come out of her mouth in slow motion. Glioblastoma. Your father was immediately angry while your heart sank. He walked to the window and punched it. And you took your time asking the doctor what she could do for your mom, what could be done no matter the cost. You focused on the doctor while your father made a scene behind you, swearing up a storm, knocking things over. Hearing the options, your father grabbed his coat. Give me the keys. You pleaded to understand why, but he up and left the hospital, leaving you to decide what was next. Your mother was to have surgery the next week to remove as much of the tumor as possible. But that would only buy her so much time. You stayed with her for that entire week and heard nothing 
from your father. Her surgery was perhaps the scariest moment of your life, but she made it out successful. She was able to walk along with help from the nurses, and even able to open her eyes up wide. She never stopped raving about you the whole time to all of the nurses, where they would giggle as you would walk by. When you were finally able to bring her home, all of your dad's belongings were gone. He left no note. He left no new address. Nothing. You settled your mom back in. What happened to Roger? You flash forward. More movie sets than you can count. Pebbles along for the ride always. Doggy daycare for the princess herself. Countless car rides in the Tesla with your mom on speakerphone. You remember getting transported to Fendrea. You remember killing your first human who was intent on killing you. You remember seeing a large dragon in the distance and your amulet your mom gave you glowing. You remember being knighted by Adewolf as protector of the queen. You remember discovering you were changing and at a rapid pace. You remember shattering a stone wall that blocked your path back to your friends. One last swing and it clears the fog ahead of you. Blueberry, you see a ladder in a puff of this fog. It reminds you of climbing the attic ladder to your parents' old home. You remember your success as a child and teenage actor allowed them to upsize to an even larger house. And you were just helping pack some things up, some of your old belongings from the attic. Your parents basically sent you up there to look through some of the boxes that you had, old stuff from your childhood room, mostly typical childhood things like old clothing, some less typical but normal for you, an abundance of stuffed animals, musty, forgotten, a small karaoke set that your mother got you that you never used, an old tutu from childhood dance lessons, again, that your mother wanted you to take. But it never felt quite right to you. There were only a few boxes to go through, some tickets to Broadway shows when you were just five, behind-the-scenes passes to meet the Wiggles when you were only three, Memories come flooding back. And as you look around, you notice you haven't ever really been in this attic before. Why would you? It was nothing but storage. You took a moment to walk around the attic and see if there were any more boxes of your things. Bunch of old books here, some boxes of props from old movie sets. A small ratty towel sitting on top of a box catches your eye. Last time you saw it, you were only six. You had tears welling up in your eyes. You remember being the back of your childhood car, your mother driving. She's frantically trying to get past the LA traffic while you are in the back seat. Ratty towel on your lap, with an injured bird wrapped up in it. It flew into a window on your pool deck. As they're driving, it made a few fainted breaths before you watched it stop breathing. Your mom pursed in the front seat and your eyes met hers in the rearview mirror. You wouldn't talk to anyone for days afterwards. Your mother said the only sound she heard from you was you opening your window every morning and whistling at the birds in the nearby trees. You drop the towel back in the box and continue searching the attic. A corner with some furniture catches your eye. It was your old childhood bed pushed up against the wall. You remember ever since you were born, it had your name, Blueberry, painted on it just right on the headboard, and is surrounded by lilies. 
while you are in this corner, you see that something else is pushed up against the wall behind this old headboard of yours. You pull the bed out and it's another headboard, but one you have never seen before. It looks extremely similar to the one you just pulled away, but this one says Lillian. Obviously confused, worried you may have a sister you didn't know about, you brought it up with your parents and they told you no. That was the name that they had picked out for you before you were born. Their agents said that if they wanted you to be a star, they needed to start your brand from birth. And Lillian wasn't going to do that. They hesitated at first, but decided it was best for you and your future career. They decided on Blueberry. Your mom admitted to shoving you through singing lessons and dancing lessons just to give you the most options for stardom. You think back to family dinners, which sometimes felt like business meetings, to determine the next steps for your career. These puffs of fog continue, but this time again, the memories only stay for an instant. Your audition for Through the Realms of Mira, the first time you got the blue wig put on you for the shoot. Your first time wild shaping at the Crimson Grove, feeling the ground beneath your paws. All of the different animals you have been able to turn into, wolves, horses, spiders, dinosaurs, a hyena. The hyena where you lost yourself for a moment and ripped at a man's throat. You remember good times too, finding Frederick, the willow tree in the Underdark. You remember touching runes long past from Ilana and Kianopa's battle. You think about how you folded clothing and revealed a model airship, stopping the man from his repetitive actions. And as you continue walking, the fog thins and your mind clears. Xander, ahead of you, the smoke curves up and around your face and envelops you completely. You look like you're in a room. Your room. Well, your college room. You shared the suite with your adopted sister, Selena, and some other randoms the school put in with you. Something about this day was off, though. Nothing was missing. Your sister's door was open and all of her things there. But there was a note placed on your bed. A note you have read hundreds of times since finding it. Every time you read it, it brings you back to when you first met Selena. Her father was your parents' housekeeper, and she lived on your property in a small cottage out in the backyard. After a few years of this, her father passed away, leaving her with nothing. You pleaded with your parents to take her in, and they refused at first. They weren't sure they wanted another teenager in the house. But they relented and allowed her to move into the main house. Your parents ended up treating her as family often calling her our daughter. You quickly hit it off more than when she was just a nearby friend living out back. You ended up having a new best friend that was always around. You two were the same age and finished middle school and high school together, even went to the same college so you guys could stay together. You shared a suite on campus this suite and kept getting closer. That is until she confessed her deeper feelings for you. You both understood that that wasn't okay, it made you both uncomfortable. But you stayed friends, and continued to hang out. The problem was, your connection, together, was just electric. Your parents noticed. You remember you ended up leaving your parents' house and coming back to the dorms. From then on, you pushed Selena away in every way you could. You brought back girls to your room that you had no interest in, just to push her away. And this note was the culmination of that. 
a note saying she was leaving. Goodbye, Alex. You flash forward, meeting a man named Omni, getting abducted by aliens, feeling different afterwards. You remember pursuing film and having your camera with you every place you went. You remember getting sent to Fendrea and your first time seeing the word Nomura in a picture, and those voices in your videos that only you can hear. You remember the first time you saw your new goblin-y companion. You remember shooting spells from him at different guards as you raced out of the magistrate prison with Kingsley. You remember the pictures of the new friends you've made along the way. Cleo, Adolf, Brad, Dr. Grawl. You remember taking a photo in Valorith and finding a bejeweled dagger in a tree where it said Blightmore. You remember you stabbing a man and filling the last gem in the dagger while aboard the magistrate ship to save Kanu, the purple arms and all. You remember touching the stone block snowman and it falling to pieces as a blue orb darted away from you further into the caves. Xander, the area ahead is clear. The fog dissipates as you walk. The pathway continues forward as you all come back to your senses. Did, uh, do you guys see that? I, I sure saw something. Grip Daisy just a little bit tighter, almost like a hug. Yeah. I, I'm going to assume I, you guys didn't see visions of my past. Right? And what, like, you didn't see me there? No. No. Jet's just kind of intently staring down at the ground, not giving any sort of attention to anybody. Are you good? Jet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm okay. Well, what's up? Did you see stuff? What do you mean? In the mist? And like I, I saw, like my dad, and and like some childhood memories. You didn't see mine, did you? No. I've I've never seen your dad. Keep it that way. Uh, are are we good? I mean, I I don't want to rush anyone through trauma or anything if they're reliving stuff right now. But like, I don't want to relive that, so I'd like to just keep going if we can. Yeah, let's get the hell out of here. This is enough. Mine was fine. What hap- what happened to you guys? Sometimes the past just needs to stay in the past. Yeah, maybe I'll tell you guys about it after we're out of this. We got something to do now. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sorry, sorry to make you uncomfortable. I don't, I don't want you to have to talk about it if you don't want to. No, you're fine. Yeah, not your fault, bro. Alright, let's go. You okay, Blue? Yeah, I'm f- I'm fine. A lot of stuff I haven't thought about in a while, but it's- 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 it's not bad. We're here. Yeah. Same, buddy. Folks, welcome to Dungeons & Randomness. Since 2012, myself and an amazing cast of 18 have been telling stories in our homebrew world of Theria. Four different groups explore lost ruins, run for political office, rage against a mad king, set sail to long-forgotten islands, and so much more. Every group has a different story and flavor, and every season, or arc, has a new set of groups and stories. 
all building the history of our world with every single session. Literally hundreds of hours of stories are waiting for you as part of the Pickaxe Network. Check out Dungeons and Randomness wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll see you around the table. Ahead is a much more natural portion of the cavern. It opens up just after another one of these stone archways. The area here feels much less roomy like the other ones. It almost meanders around, though the main focus of this room is a glowing maroon and black portal made of dust. It is almost completely obstructed by a skeletal figure. It's humanoid in shape, has dark, sunken in eyes of pure black. It is made of bone, has a much larger skull than humanoids. It's snout longer. It has long horns that come out and up like an ox. It is wearing a tattered purple robe, and around its neck is a dirty amulet of golden black. It holds a pitch black lantern that sits open with nothing inside. It sits motionless, blocking this portal. The portal gives off a noticeable amount of dim, reddish-orange light, but that is not the only light source in this room. The ball of blue energy is here, floating lightly over the corpse of a young human. The light now is less energized, does not bob up and down as quickly or as hectically as before, sits much more still as it illuminates the corpse below with a light blue glow. The orb itself looks like a magical fire, gives off a little bit of warmth. God damn it. I'll approach the body with the orb. You can see a small child, completely skeletal body, still wearing some tattered clothes. You see a small bracelet around their wrist that's made from string. Damn. I'm sorry, kid. <sighs> I'll reach out and kind of see if I can touch the orb. Hesitant, but something's up here. We haven't been able to touch it before, so gotta give it a shot. You reach out, you can feel it gives off a little bit of warmth. You're able to just cup your hand around it lightly. And you feel a rush of energy. And you start remembering memories of things you never experienced. You see a child playing with a toy airship outside of a house painted yellow. They have oddly pointed ears for a human. They play with the airship for a moment before jumping to play with a small train on the ground and it squeaks as the axles move. A moment later, a small female child runs up with play sword and shield in hand. The child playing with the train quickly gets up to get their own sword and shield. The girl throws a toy dragon at the pointy-eared child who bats it out of the air and rushes at the girl but trips and falls into them. The memory fades to black. Next, you see the pointy-eared child as a teenager now, outside a bulletin board, looking at pieces of papers. You flash to seeing them try to learn magic, but every time ending with them on their back. They try to learn how to play the lyre, but end up throwing it at the ground in anger, breaking it. You see them doing archery and missing the targets again and again, and falling over when trying to wield a large broadsword. Another flash. 
You see them much older now, a person working on an airship. Below deck, folding crew's laundry, cooking, cleaning, feeding the fire to keep the inside warm. Then taking a moment to shirk their duties and build a model airship. Jump ahead once again, a much older version of this pointy-eared human. They're aboard an airship, this time behind a large harpoon that comes from below the ship. You can see them pointing and shouting orders to others before cranking the harpoon gun and firing it at a landlocked shipping vessel. They harpoon the ship and end up pulling it back out to sea, where you can see the crew waving and cheering. You can then see this person coughing violently. Darkness again. You see the person, much older now, in another house, smiling lightly as a fire rages in the fireplace. A model airship sitting on the mantle. They close their eyes. Slowly in the vision you are seeing, the fire starts to glow brighter, a more red color, as the edges of the vision darken. All you can see is this maroon mixed with black, as your eyes fix upon the portal in the center of this room, and the skeletal figure blocking it. Whoa. I don't think the orb is, is Fox. Everything that we saw was a part of them, so... I'll stand up with the fire in my hand. I'll walk over to the lantern and put it in there. As you put the blue light inside the lantern, this skeletal being begins to move for the first time since you've walked in this room. It slowly creaks as it closes the door to the lantern and slowly steps backwards through the portal as it's completely enveloped by it. Portal disappears. What was that? Was that death? That's what they said was haunting the cavern. Did we, like, help it move on? Maybe? You would think it'd be able to get in there on its own if it was flying around. Unless it needed the assistance of someone living. Why? Maybe it needed something to guide it. Maybe it wanted someone to relive its life and experience its memories. When I picked that up, I didn't relive memories. The first thing I saw was a kid playing with another kid, and they had like a sword and shield and it like would ran and fell forward and then like the other kid tried to throw a dragon at it and then the kid with the sword smacked it down that's exactly what happened in that first room remember yeah uh-huh i saw something with the ballista i saw the guy that was like in it he was doing his duties around on his house and then he stopped because he wanted to build the airship and then i saw him he was like sitting there when he was old and he was ready to ready to pass along it's like someone's trying to tell a story and we were the the pieces that like fit in to make it happen didn't you said that it couldn't have been fox but like didn't he also have the weirdly pointed ears they they so sorry xander when you hear that with your 19 intelligence check you remember fox's house was a not super well taken care of yellow. And you remember this vision started with a child outside of a yellow painted house. Mm, 
yeah, no, I think you're, I think you're right. This might have been the life that Fox wanted to live. Like we almost gave them memories of what never happened. I'm going to go back over to the skeleton of the child. I'm going to take off the, uh, the bracelet from its wrist. Tap its chest with a closed fist lightly. I'm sorry, kid. You didn't deserve what happened to you out here. Is there anything going on in this room? Is there anything else happening here? Sander, you see a male skeleton wearing an amulet and a ring. Looks like they're holding an old quarterstaff that was snapped in half. So he died too. Can I figure out how this younger body died? Give me medicine. 23. Nice. Let's go. It does look like blunt force trauma killed the child. Probably when this portal opened, there was so much magic that it shoved the child against one of the walls and it cracked its head open. Xander, that looks pretty consistent with the larger skeleton you can see as well. This portal was opened suddenly and it blasted them back. Where did it come from? Xander, Fox, did they want to be a mage or did they want to be a fighter? They didn't want to be a fighter. That's what their dad wanted for them. Their dad was a mage. I don't know. My my best guess is that dear old dad over there, and I'll point to the skeleton, he did something that he should not have done. He opened this portal, and it was just too much, and it just got them both. But I sensed a humanoid. Was it just the ghost ball, or is there someone alive? Somewhere. Why would they want to open a portal down here? What, what is the point? Can I cast Detect Magic? From the spot that there was the portal, there is leftover Conjuration Magic. You can see Conjuration Magic on the broken quarter staff as well by the man. The entirety of the mountain is also conjuration. Along with that conjuration in the center of the room that you saw with the portal, you also feel necromancy. I don't know if we're going to get any answers here. <sighs> I mean, we found Fox, found their dad. When we get back to the town, like, we'll, we can get some closure for Tila. Yeah, just make sure you hang on to that bracelet. She'll appreciate it. So as Xander's taking taking the bracelet, I'll take part of the broken quarterstaff and the jewelry off of the other body, just as more proof. Jet, this amulet and ring are worth upwards of a thousand gold to the right buyer. Hey, give those to Tila. That's what I'm planning on. I don't, I don't think she'll want them, but... Give her the money. I'd like to bring them back to them, at least for some sort of closure. I don't know, can we get out of here? Uh, maybe find the next... next path? Uh, do we want to put the body in the bag? Give it a proper burial? Yeah. Let's take it to the top of the mountain. Well, we don't have the bag. Oh shit, we don't have the 
bag. Oh, we don't have the bag. <laughs> uh, while we're in here, isn't there something that we can do about this mountain? It, it just seems so weird that over the years it just keeps growing and growing at such like an exponential rate. It's destroying their town. Isn't there something else that we can do while we're here? I mean, we're still in the mountain. We still got a ways to go. We still have to find the whole Arcanum thing. Did you feel anything different about this mountain? I mean, I could commune with nature again, but I don't, I'm not sure what to ask. Let's let's hold off on that because I know that that takes a while and takes a lot of energy out of you. No, it would just take ten minutes. It wouldn't take any energy other than the time. If if it's not gonna like hurt you or anything. No, it's not. I wouldn't be opposed to hanging out for give or take an hour so that I could get my spell slots back. If we're gonna be hanging out for a while, I'll uh, in, instead of resting. I want to gather up both the bodies in, into like a, a nice spot within the room and just cover them with any sort of tarp or blanket or anything. Don't put them together. That guy does not deserve to be buried with his child. Hey, Jet. Yeah. Uh, come over to the east side by Fox. Okay. Can you take your hammer and almost like pickaxe it into the ground and just give me some cracks? That's no problem. I'll just take like the the bottom end of my hammer and try to pickaxe straight down. Oh, give me a whole swing, man. Come on. Oh, you want a whole swing? Okay, you want a, you want a big hole, huh? All right. Yeah, get it started. Give me something good. That look good enough for you, buddy? I might be able to work with it. Just take take a step back. What are you doing? I'm pulling Daisy around, and I want to cast Thunder Wave on the floor to see if I can cause just a little bit of some quakes and cracks so it's easier for us to almost dig up a proper spot for them. Is is this going to be loud? Probably. Guys, you might want to plug your ears. Do you think that's big enough? If you're just trying to do the child, then that should be plenty of space. I don't care about the other one. Yeah. Do you mind laying them in there? I'll gather up the remains of the child and put them down into the hole. I take off my leather jacket and I go, "Mm, and it's a long white robe and I'm going to lay over the top of the hole. You're leaving your jacket? They deserve it. The whole time that they're doing this, uh, Xander has just moved over to a wall and has just been sitting there, knees up, arms laying on the knees, head down, sitting away from everything, kind of like trying to close off from the world for a bit. Blueberry, your commune with nature. What are your three questions? I'm going to choose to basically learn about the terrain and the direction towards like the Arcanum entrance. Any prevalent plants, minerals, animals, or peoples. And it says influence from other planes of existence. 
So if I'm able to learn of the influence of other planes, then I'll do that. You get a very good idea of the rock systems around you. Some of them curve up and around and up into the mountain. This one makes the most sense for going towards the Arcanum entrance. You have a very good idea of how to get to wherever that might be. Plants, minerals, stuff like that. This room has absolutely nothing. Influence from other planes. That area in the center where that portal was is a connection to the Shadowfell. The entire mountain is the elemental plane of Earth. Ah! Ah! I just like start kind of screaming. <laughs> what? What's what? going on? Blue? Whoa. What? Oh my god. Okay, this mountain is special. Um, okay. <laughs> this mountain just kind of plopped into Fendrea, right? It was, that's the story is that it was magically poof here. Somehow. Right. Did I make that up? No. It came straight from the elemental plane of Earth? Not Earth, like uh, we're from Earth, but like rocks and dirt and just like, it felt like it came from just a world of pure dirt and rock. What What does that even mean? Like a whole other realm, plane of existence. And it just came into existence here out of nowhere. I don't know how, but it's from there, the whole thing. And if it's growing, does that mean it's alive? Or is more of that world starting to come into this world? Or is it a mountain from their plane almost like merging into ours, like growing out of the ground? Maybe the portal's like beneath us. <gasps> whoa, 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 whoa! Uh, oh, the guy's name. What was the big old crazy wizard's name? Vola, Vola, Volazar. He was merging the freaking planes! What? Didn't he make this mountain? Maybe they're still merged. They're just continuously merging? Yeah! What's gonna happen if it finishes? Is this world gonna be completely enveloped? Some sort of catastrophe is gonna go on, I'm sure. Well, how do we stop it? I don't know if we do! <laughs> we have to! That sounds like a little bit outside our realm of expertise. He didn't just make the mountain, like he made other crazy, like he made that whole freaking paradise town that they were talking about. And I think something else, but I don't remember, but still. So why is this one still moving or growing or I don't know. Maybe the lake is growing too. It, does this mean that there's still some sort of connection no matter what? Is it just like a residual magic, I guess? Yeah. It's possible. It's not of this world. Um, there's another thing. Uh, <laughs> that, that portal that the scary thing uh, went into with the ghost ball. Um, it was going to the, the shadow fell? Some, some other, another realm, <laughs> another plane of existence. Wow, there's so many. It seemed really dark and strange. What does that mean? What is it? This is, have we heard of this one before? Maybe like a dark version of this world? I don't know. Or like the underworld kind of deal. Maybe. Why would the orb want to go there? I don't know. Passing on from its 
previous life? There's a lot of shit going on here, guys. I know it's it's a lot of dark stuff, but it almost feels comforting that so much things from different planes are happening here. I feel like that means maybe there's still hope that we can get back home. If our friends went to the Feywild and these people just went to the Shadowfell, like maybe we can find a portal home. Exactly. Anyway, I know this this tunnel should take us in the direction of the Arcanum entrance. Okay. Uh, Jet, do you wanna do you wanna go make sure Sandra's okay and let him know that we're leaving? Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll get him. You guys go ahead. Yeah, we'll we'll wait by the tunnel. I'll walk over to Xander and just put a hand on his shoulder, shake him a little bit. You uh doing good, buddy? Yeah, I'm getting there. We're uh we're just about ready to leave. If you wanna if you wanna pop up any any minute. Yeah, I'm good to go. I'll get up and readjust my bag. I'm set. I'm ready to get out of here. It sounds like we got a lot of shit to deal with, and uh. You know, I'm feeling I'm feeling a little, little bit more energized now. You know, get we got we're uh, we got this, right? Punch him in the chest a little bit, just like a light tap. We got this. Thank you for uh, for burying the kid. It's the least I could do. Sebastian helped a lot. Uh, all right, should we go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're right ahead. Let's get on after him. All right. Heading eastward through some tunnels, following Blu-ray's intuition, the tunnels immediately become much more normal, critters skittering around in the darkness. In total, it takes about an hour or more of walking and maneuvering the wet and somewhat cold cave. Finally, you come up to a straight pathway. The walls of the cave here turn to man-made. They look to be carved marble. And sitting in this tunnel is a large 10-foot by 15-foot door made of gold. The archway it sits upon is adorned by an eye with sun rays coming out of its lid. The door itself has eight large wheels that look similar to a combination lock. They have runic symbols on them. Xander, you recognize a few of these. These were in the back cover of the magistrate journal that you acquired from Berndarium. The ones that seem to depict emotions. Oh. Okay, I I got this. I'll walk up and start fiddling with things. You open up that book. Not only is there what each of these symbols mean as much as you can understand, but you find which runes mean what. And you feel these emotions a little bit as you read them. You see the first one is from left to right. Craving. Horror. Anger. And then admiration. Anger. And then satisfaction. And then anger. And then anger. The door unlocks. For such a large and heavy door, it is held together surprisingly well by the hinges and makes it rather easy to push, albeit slowly. The floor inside immediately catches your attention as you are now stepping onto stone bricks instead of cavern floor. Down a short hallway, it opens up into a large room. Again, Xander and Blueberry, you can see they're filled with 
wooden palisades facing your direction. A large ballista in the center of the room facing directly at the hallway you are coming from. Multiple upper story areas with lookout spots facing this doorway. If there were any people here, this would be a terrible spot to be in. All of your enemies would have cover against you, and you are funneling through a hallway, though it is quiet and dark. Further in this room, you can see a large open doorway to your left and your right, and an even larger golden door directly across from the hallway you have come from. This one is about 20 foot wide. And from under the door, you can see light coming from just beyond. Damn. Good job opening it. I'm glad it's empty, but great job. Uh, yeah. No, I, could, I couldn't have done it without, I guess, the magistrate, because it was all in this book. This is, like, eerily quiet. I guess I shouldn't be surprised since the place was abandoned, but, like, it still feels weird. And, uh, there's a ballista right in front of us that would just destroy us if there was a man behind it. So let's get out of this hallway and like just in case there's like a ghost or something, I don't want to get shot by a ghost ballista. If it's abandoned, why is there light coming from beneath the other door? Does it look like natural light? No. Oh. It is colored. We might want to go about this quietly. Not a bad call. Keep an eye out for traps. I don't know, the ground might be trapped somehow. If they're set up this hard, there's gotta be traps, right? Like, they don't want people getting through that next door. Right. Right. Well, you don't think there's anybody in these other rooms, do you? No, I, th I think I would sense if there had been people here. There still might be something useful in those, though. We're here for information. We gotta check. I'm gonna creep forward and, and just be scanning the ground and the walls for any sort of traps along the way. I'll do the same, and I'd like I'd like to do so stealthily, if possible. I'm gonna Scooby-Doo tiptoe behind all of them. Why doesn't everyone give me stealth checks if you're going in stealthy? Um, that's a natural one. Oh, oh, oh wait, no, I'm sorry. What in the world? That's Xander with a natural one. <laughs> I'm gonna use my inspiration real quick, because I don't want a natural one. Chet! You just got two nat 20s with disadvantage. Yeah. Oh my god, you did. Yeah. Holy shit. Is this like a new saga for Jet? Is is he going to start rolling good now? 11 for me. 7 for me. 8 for me. I just feel like Jet breathing on the back of my neck because he's tiptoeing behind <laughs> us and it like jump scares me. Why don't you just fucking tiptoe everywhere? You're so quiet right now. I don't know. I never thought about doing it. I just really like Scooby-Doo, and I just thought about it, and I was like, oh, well, maybe it'll work. Embrace the Scooby-Doo next time. I'm gonna. This is sick. It's a new jet. He got that Scooby-Doo-ness right now. So you guys are heading into this long rectangular room from the west going eastward. There's a door to your north, a door to your south, which are like doorways, which you can see into, as well as that largest door is all the way on the eastern side. Xander, do you and me want to go to the south room and Blue and Jet can go to the north room just so we can both just scout these rooms out quick before we go through the light door? And then I can see and then we can at least have someone with us, you know? Yeah, no, that sounds good. We'll just take a quick peek in. Don't don't go rushing in or anything, but yeah. Okay. Sebastian and Xander, you go to the south 
you notice a large opening into a very large library. I'll bring out my torch and snap my fingers for prestidigitation just to have something. Lots of books here that look really ratty and old. There is a dragon skull on the ground that looks like it's ornamenting this library. Who puts a library right off of the front lobby? It's not even the front lobby. I feel like that's like, yeah, well. Anyway, what's in here? Any cool books? Fuck the library. Look at the dragon skull. Oh, shit. Gonna take a picture of that. Yo, go pose in its mouth or something. Like, I'll, I'll get you. I'll get your picture. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like, go over and I'm just, like, I, like, crawl into it and I'm just, like, ugh, like, hanging out. Yeah, look up like you're dead and then give me one, like, ser- like a dope, you know? <laughs> like, I, so one's dead. The next one, I'm just like, eh, like, mouth, tongue open. Like, <laughs> Sebastian, they look really cool. Xander, when you look in them, your hands are purple. And you see the word Blightmore. Interesting, interesting. All right, I'm just going to put that one away for right now. Jet and Blueberry, you look down, and then you see a door ahead of you. Left, right, and straight? There does seem to be like an ornate golden door to the left side. Should we go in that fancy door first or these boring doors? Well, let's check the boring ones first. I mean, we'll just get them out of the way real quick, then spend more time in the fancy room, you know? Okay. I'm checking this one on the left. This just used to be like an old ratty place someone used to live. There's like an old rotten down bed. There's no mattress here anymore. Doesn't even look like there's any personal items left. Nothing hidden behind a loose stone or anything. Give me investigation. Okay. I'm searching with her. Why don't you do it with advantage? You. That is a 15. You find two gold hidden in this bed frame. (gasps) Whoa. I flick one to Blueberry. Look what I got. Oh, one for you, one for me. Don't tell the other guys, though. No. Go to the door to the south. Yeah, 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 let's go there. This one has a little bit more left in it. There's still like a carpet here. But again, it looks like the majority of these rooms are living quarters. Okay, one more door. I'm going to check it for traps first. Doesn't look trapped. Doesn't look locked. Push it open. It's a square room. Almost completely empty. The center just has a small pillow on top of a tattered and torn carpet. And the entire room is filled with singe marks, blast marks. It looks like absolute destruction here. The walls are crumbling apart. Everything is torn and tattered and ash. Yeah, seeing this, I'm going to run down the hall and just just yell down the the further hall. I'm going to yell to the other guys, like whisper yell, like, hey, guys, we we got something... uh, Pretty weird in here. All you hear is just camera shutters. Just over and over. (laughs) (laughs) Quit your photo shoot. Xander, I feel like we should like look for some important shit in here. That's a lot of books though. I don't know how we're gonna go through this all. Wait, was that Jet? Let's come back. Okay. More hands make less work, know what I'm saying? We'll head over to the other side. Yep, make our way north. Blue, show them show what we found. So there's this chamber with this pillow that exploded. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> a pillow? I don't know. There's a pillow. 
Do we like go in and check it out or? Before we do, I'm gonna cast Detect Magic again. See what I see in here. The only thing you feel is residual elements of evocation magic. Oh, very, very faint evocation, meaning I think it's safe now. I'm gonna step in. It feels eerie in here just because of the amount of destruction. It's just destroyed by soot and ash. Are there any signs of footprints or anything on the ground? Lots. And it looks like people were walking in here after this soot, this ash was here. Are they small enough to be uh, feminine, presumably? Give me investigation. Someone help me. She grabbed me along. I'll, I'll help. I'll come in and, and start looking around, too. 17! Okay, Yay. there you go. You can see that Jeff keeps on pointing out these different footprints that he finds. Yes, these could be feminine. They're smaller in general, a little bit more dainty. Every single one of these footprints looks pretty much the same. Looks like it was probably one person walking around in here. All right, well, some sort of experiment or ritual crazy thing happened in here. Xander, Sebastian, did you guys see anything like this in your room? No, it's just a library and a dragon skull. What? Dragon skull? It's huge. I want to see. Oh, wait, Jet, you should see if, like, you get close to it if your necklace does the thing. The thing? Oh, the thing. Or if your hands become more, like, dragonly. Yeah, and we didn't look at any books either. We got a little distracted by the dragon skull. So, like, uh, we kind of need help, too. It's okay. Books are boring. Yeah, but, like, we're here for information, and that feels like something that we should look through. Uh... I just learned how to read. Like, I, I, I feel like I gotta spend a lot of time looking at books now, right? Blueberry, as you are walking back across from the northern side to the southern side, you see some sort of movement underneath the door. It looks like something just walked past the yellow light that you saw. Everyone, shush. I saw something. The light of the door. Something past the big door. Are you serious? It's over there. What? Yeah, I don't know. I thought you didn't sense anyone. I didn't. But maybe it's something that what I wasn't looking for. Oh. I'm going to come into the library quietly. I'll walk over to the dragon skull with Sebastian. <laughs> we could almost like put this on your head and then you're like a complete dragon. Hey. <laughs> you scaly bitch. Whoa. Hey. Punch him in the shoulder. I'm giggling at that while I'm looking at books. Just like, hey. <laughs> uh, I'll grab my, my amulet and look at it. Does anything look odd about it as I'm na- near the dragon skull? Give me religion. Touch it. Well, let me see first. Oh my god. Two. Now I want to touch it. You looking at the amulet? Your butt itches. What? My butt? Uh, He's got a little nub. He's got a tail. He's got a tail. Oh, shit. I'll scratch it. There's like something there. It's part of you. Oh, no. I just pull my pants down. Sebastian! Whoa. What? Why are you pulling your pants down? Look! Is there something on me? Why, why you got a nub? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> it looks like a little nub. I, I try looking back behind me. No. No. No, I don't believe it. And I'm, I'm like spinning around just trying to look at my back. <laughs> 
God, he's chasing his tail. Oh, I know it. <laughs> uh, yo, hey, hold, hold up, hold up, Jet. Just pause, pause for a second. Let me, let me take a quick pick, and I snap a pick of his tail. And now I'm gonna save this for later. <laughs> um, all I'm saying is I ha- now have definitive proof that the star Jet the Boulder Chambers has a tail. Do you have proof that it's him? I mean, it's me looking back, yeah. chasing my <laughs> butt. Oh, his so, face is in it. Oh, what? Yeah. The sunscreen baby. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> please, guys, the art for this. No. <laughs> no, please give us that art. God damn it. <laughs> it's just the dragon skull with the, it's like biting the pants. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm over on the other end of the room looking at something in between the bookshelves. It looks like a statue that's pushed into the wall here. It is a bald-headed man, very sharp chin, no facial hair, pretty dark robes. Well, what you assume would be dark robes just based on this, because this is made out of complete gold. I don't like this guy. He looks like a douchebag. There's a guy? There's a statue. Oh. Does he look important? Well, if he has a statue, I guess that answers the question. Exactly. He's got a gold statue, so obviously he's trying to be important. Or maybe he just thinks he's important. Just do a full run, looking at all the books. And you find a scroll of mass cure wounds. Ooh. Whoa. Wow. It looks like it had fallen behind at some point and been completely forgotten. Whoa, guys, this is crazy. This is like a high-level spell. It might not even work. Like, I I don't even know if I'll successfully cast this if I tried. It's it's a mass cure wound, so we would all get so much health. Definitely hang on to that, then. Yeah, tucking that away. Hey, Xander, while you got your camera out, you want to take a picture of that statue? Who knows? Maybe he'll be important. Sure, I'll put down whatever book I was just reading and uh, take a snap. And also, can I see that picture of my butt? Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. If if nothing's jumping out at anybody, we might want to move forward, given that something moved behind that door. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if we have much time. We really should get going here. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I put down magic spells for dummies and walk out of the room. We should, like, get prepared in case whatever is on that other side wants to fight us. So just, like, I bring out the crossbow and just so we're ready. I don't know what it was. Boozberry, how big was it? Oh, like our size. I'm always ready. I flip the dagger around in my hand. I'll run my hand over the the top of my hammer and it starts glowing brighter and I'm just going to cast magic weapon on it. The room itself, as you open up, The first thing you see right in front of you is a large meeting hall. A huge circular stone table sits in the middle of this room, surrounded by stone thrones around it. The room is rectangular. Two large ornate pillars hold up a ceiling 50 foot high. A large balcony overlooks the meeting table. There are golden statues of knights riding horses. The light here that you saw comes from these various orbs that are floating in the space. You see an area with some sort of large test tube filled with liquid and mechanical parts around it. 
elvish items, like a rug and a couch, a dresser, bookcase, desk, stuff that definitely doesn't fit with the rest of the aesthetic here. There are two magic runes engraved on the ground here, one mainly blue, another one mainly yellow. There are beings here as well. Blue spectral humanoids. There's one directly in front of you, Xander. It's holding a very real material broom and sweeping the floor. Another sitting at a table contemplating over a game that looks similar to chess. It's on a gridded board. Two with instruments in hand. And you can actually hear from across the room sound of a pan flute and a lyre. Another sitting on the elvish couch, shirt off. And one off the side that has burn marks and arrows stuck in them. All of these people are different. The one in front of you is Elvish, the one sweeping. There's the two humans that are playing the music. There's the halfling sitting at the gaming table. The dragonborn is the one shirtless on the couch. And Adewolf? What? Uh, what? What? H hello? Huh? To the southern side of this room, you see that there is a spectral Adewolf here that looks torn up. Flames have singed the clothing arrows in the wall behind him. On the ground, there's singe marks. The elvish man sweeps as you guys walk in. I'm just gonna run towards Adderwolf. Yeah, I'll, I'll follow. It looks like a dummy standing against this wall. Uh, Adderwolf? Hello? I, like, wave my hand in front of his face. No response. I'll try putting my hand on his shoulder. You can touch him. It's spectral, but there is almost a glassy feeling to it. I'm casting detect magic again. There's a lot of magic in this room. The lights, evocation. Adelwolf, you see in front of you, is conjuration. There's a very yellow rune. It almost flashes from one to another. It's almost like every single type of magic. Are all the other people conjuration? You would have noticed the man sweeping conjuration. The arrows and burns that are on Adderwolf, those are also spectral. They're not like... Real arrows, real burn marks. Oh. Do I recognize what these runes are at all? They don't have like specific words to them. Hearing from Blueberry that, yes, they're all different types of magic, you kind of know... This almost looks like this is where a concentration of magic might be able to be brought from. Uh, y'all, I'm stumped. I'm gonna talk to the elven guy and just wave and be like, hello? Blueberry, he acknowledges you. He looks up, nods, continues sweeping. Who are you? His mouth opens, but nothing expels. Can I sit down with the fella that's at the table here? Does he acknowledge me? No, he looks like he is stroking his beard, and it looks like he's been stroking his beard ever since you came in. Can I move a piece? You move a piece? Shakes his head no a little bit with a little bit of an angry face, and moves the piece back. <laughs> he points at you, points away. Sorry, sorry, waste your time. Uh, just keep walk, get up and walk away. Blueberry. Yeah? With your detect magic, are you checking everywhere with this? Are you using it as uh, like a- I would definitely 
depending on how much time I feel like I have left, would want to do a quick little walk around, especially like northwest corner where I see some some things. You see that this is like a large glass tube filled with liquid and it's got these brass closures on it. Once you get within 30 feet of it, you feel very strong necromancy. Oh, God. Strong, strong necromancy. I point at it. That's a bad one, right? That's like dead stuff. It seems bad. If she starts exclaiming, we'll head over. You see this liquidy tube and you start looking in it. Floating in this tube is this oddly shaped mass. And it almost looks like it's moving. And it's fleshy. Uh, I don't like that. And you hear a door open on the balcony. Your eyes dart to see, but your ears hear first. You almost died at the wedding, and now you're here. (gasps) Certainly you have a death wish. Looking up at the balcony, you see... Ermina Caspaldi. And for today, that's a wrap. You what? You, okay, all right. Thank you all so much for listening. We had a whoa an episode. In one week, you can hear us talk all about it. I'm so excited. There's so much that happened. You need to join our Patreon so you can get that behind the scenes. I promise you don't want to miss it because there's so many little juicy secrets and details that I can't wait to talk about. We love you so much. Thank you for listening. And uh, oh, Ermina, two weeks. Fuck you, Ermina. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Did anyone else see that? But uh, I sure saw something. Saw what? A ghost? A go 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 ghost? Maybe. Oh, like... oh we're playing now. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh, Jesus. And rewind, Nigel, from the top. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was more, it was like a weird choice for Blueberry to be like, oh, go, 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 go. Uh, yo, I was going to say it. <laughs> Man, these books are whack as hell. I was really hoping we'd find something useful, like how to stop the magistrate or something. Instead, we've got how to summon New York and St. Elmo's Jesky Fire. Uh, Okay. Maybe The Cabal of Eric's by Eric Five and St. E. Love? No. Lindsay Woolsey and the other names for polyester by Lexi. There's no way this is more than a page long. With the f- what? Acknowledge the Corn by Ash in collaboration with Ebab Flow? Is this farming? No, it's a, it's a self-help book? Oh, yo, no way. They have a Bible? Wait. No, the Bible doesn't have, like, an official author, and it, if it did, it probably wasn't Sean de Jesus. Jesus? Well, his name is Jesus. This is a cookbook? Wait, no, okay. This one's just titled Book, and it's written by Dubword. What is he, Madonna? What's with the single name? These copyright laws are wild. But, okay. Lord Asselberg and the Seven Dwarfs, that feels like plagiarism. Isawik is so seek. Another self-help book? Oh, I get it. Like, seek yourself and it rhymes. Okay, you got me on that one. Uh, How to Get Milked by Jeff the Milkman? 
I'm just gonna I'm gonna put that one right back. Um, when the trees spoke back by Lady Lorax. Eh, probably not helpful here. Why I'm now against running by Forerunner. Roostered up the true story of raising chickens while fully intoxicated by Frankie. Okay, okay, I'm taking that one actually. Oh no no no! Wait wait wait! This looks promising. The author's name is War Torn Knight. Like with a name like that, he's got to be strong. Or or it's or it's a book of puns. Oh hey Jet, 